Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In today's episode, we covered the topic of acute pancreatitis found under the gastrointestinal section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 15-year-old boy with severe nodulocystic acne presents to the emergency room for sudden-onset epigastric pain radiating to the back, as well as nausea and vomiting. An abdominal computed tomography demonstrates findings concerning for pancreatitis. On further chart review, the physician discovers that he has been taking isotretinoin, and the dermatologist had been monitoring his triglycerides as they were mildly elevated at the last clinical visit. However, the patient reports that he had not only doubled his dose in the last week in an attempt to speed up the process, but also had been eating burgers and fries for every meal. Laboratory results demonstrate significantly elevated levels of triglycerides in the blood. Let's continue with an introduction to acute pancreatitis. Clinically, this is defined as acute inflammation of the pancreas and the surrounding tissue, often by autodigestion with pancreatic enzyme leakage. Risk factors include gallstones, which are most common, and heavy alcohol use, which is also very common. Other risk factors include electrolyte abnormalities, such as an increase in serum calcium, elevated triglycerides, trauma, drugs such as thiazides, sulfa drugs, NRTIs, and protease inhibitors, viral infections such as with mumps, autoimmune disease, endoscopic retrograde cholangiopancreatography, or ERCP, and scorpion stings. With regards to the pathogenesis, remember that inflammation is caused by leakage of pancreatic enzymes into the pancreatic tissue, and this causes autodigestion of the pancreas and the surrounding tissue. In terms of the prognosis, the Ranson criteria may help to predict mortality. This is divided into findings on admission and those within 48 hours. On admission, this would include a glucose greater than 200, age greater than 55, an LTH greater than 350, white blood cell count greater than 16, and an AST greater than 250. Within 48 hours, this would include calcium less than 8.0, hematocrit decrease by greater than 10%, an arterial pressure of oxygen less than 60 millimeters of mercury, base deficit of greater than 4, a BUN increase by more than 5 milligrams per deciliter, and greater than 6 liters of sequestered fluid. In terms of the mortality, if you have 3 to 4 signs, there is a 20% mortality rate. 5 to 6 signs, has about a 40% mortality rate, and seven or more signs portends close to a 100% mortality rate. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms may include sudden onset epigastric pain radiating to the back, nausea and vomiting, and systemic inflammation, which may present with fevers and chills. On exam, one may note flank ecchymosis, which is referred to as the Gray-Turner sign, tetany, which is due to hypocalcemia secondary to the free digested fats binding ionized calcium, and periumbilical ecchymosis, which is referred to as the colon sign. And on palpation, one may note epigastric tenderness. In terms of further imaging, abdominal radiographs may demonstrate a sentinel loop. This is an isolated and dilated loop of bowel seen in inflammatory conditions. An abdominal ultrasound is indicated in all patients and is used to assess for gallstones. Findings may include an enlarged pancreas, an abscess, and gallstones. Computed tomography of the abdomen and pelvis with contrast 
is indicated when the diagnosis is uncertain or when patients fail to improve clinically. It is also indicated in the presence of a gray turner or colon sign, as this may indicate hemorrhagic pancreatitis. Specific findings may include an enlarged pancreas, necrosis, peripancreatic fluid, a pseudocyst, and an abscess. A CT-guided fine needle aspiration is indicated in infected necrosis and is used to test for gram stain and culture in order to guide the antibiotic selection. In terms of further studies, serum labs may demonstrate an elevated amylase, elevated lipase, and a decreased calcium. And in terms of the diagnostic criteria, diagnosis is with two or more of the following, acute onset epigastric pain, an increase in serum amylase or lipase to three times the upper limit of normal, and imaging that is suggestive of pancreatitis. With regards to the differential, make sure to think about peptic ulcer disease, with distinguishing factors being that this also presents with epigastric pain, but it will not have elevations in pancreatic enzymes. And in terms of treatment, remember to remove all offending agents when possible, and treatment should be guided by the etiology of the pancreatitis. Conservative options include supportive care. This would include fluid resuscitation, electrolyte repletion, analgesia, bowel rest, but the patient should be fed as soon as tolerated, and nasogastric decompression. Medical options include intravenous antibiotics. Surgical options include endoscopic retrograde cholangiopancreatography with an eventual cholecystectomy. This is indicated for gallstone pancreatitis. Another option is surgical debridement. This is indicated in symptomatic necrotizing pancreatitis. And lastly, complications related to acute pancreatitis include pancreatic pseudocyst, fistula formation, pancreatic abscess, hemorrhagic pancreatitis, pleural effusions, which are often on the left, and chronic pancreatitis. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to acute pancreatitis, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 43-year-old homeless man is brought to the emergency room for severe abdominal pain. He is known to the emergency department for repeated visits for alcohol intoxication. He reports that the pain started about three hours ago and describes it as sharp, piercing, 10 out of 10, and concentrated at the epigastric region with radiation to the back. His past medical history is unclear given his homeless status. His temperature is 100.4 degrees Fahrenheit or 38 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 104 over 80. The pulse is 104 beats per minute and respirations are 16 breaths per minute. A physical exam demonstrates epigastric tenderness as well as a bluish purple discoloration of the flank. What is the most likely diagnosis for this patient? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Acute pancreatitis Choice 2. Aortic dissection Choice 3. Cholecystitis Choice 4. Esophageal rupture or Choice 5. Perforated gastric ulcer The best answer to this question is choice one, acute pancreatitis. This patient is likely experiencing alcohol-induced acute pancreatitis as demonstrated by a severe epigastric pain with radiation to the back, alcohol abuse history, and Gray-Turner sign, which is the purple discoloration of the flank. Acute pancreatitis describes damage and inflammation of the pancreas, 
leading to autodigestion of the organ secondary to the release of pancreatic enzymes. Alcohol is the second most common cause in adults. Other etiologies include gallstones most commonly, as well as neoplasms, renal disease, trauma, infections, anorexia, and iatrogenic causes. Patients often present with severe epigastric pain with radiation to the back that is relieved by leaning forward, nausea, vomiting, and low-grade fever. Physical exam findings such as Gray-Turner sign and colon sign indicate hemorrhagic pancreatitis. Diagnosis is confirmed via abdominal CT and laboratory testing, such as with an amylase and lipase. Treatment involves supportive management and control of pain. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. Aortic dissection is a possible differential of epigastric pain, as it classically presents with chest pain that radiates to the back. Physical exam findings include unequal blood pressures in the arms and or weak or absent pulses it would not present with Gray-Turner sign. Choice 3. Cholecystitis is a possible differential of epigastric pain, although it most commonly presents as right upper quadrant pain that is worse after ingestion. Although gallstones may lead to acute pancreatitis, this patient's clinical presentation is more suggestive of acute pancreatitis. Choice 4. Esophageal rupture is an important cause for acute chest pain. The condition is more common in alcoholics and often follows extensive retching. Physical exam demonstrates crepitus due to the presence of air. Choice 5. Perforated gastric ulcer may also cause severe epigastric pain. Patients would often exhibit peritoneal signs, such as guarding and rigidity, due to the presence of stomach contents within the peritoneum. Finally, a bullet summary. Acute pancreatitis most commonly presents as acute epigastric pain that radiates to the back and is relieved by leaning forward. The Gray-Turner sign and colon sign indicate hemorrhagic pancreatitis. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 29-year-old female is hospitalized one day after an endoscopic retrograde cholangiopancreatography because of vomiting, weakness, and severe abdominal pain. Physical exam findings include abdominal tenderness and diminished bowel sounds. A CT scan demonstrates fluid around the pancreas. Serum levels of which of the following are likely to be low in this patient? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Calcium Choice 2. Glucose Choice 3. Amylase Choice 4. Lipase or Choice 5. Triglycerides The best answer to this question is Choice 1. Calcium The patient is hospitalized one day post-ERCP with symptoms and imaging suggestive of acute pancreatitis. In acute pancreatitis, serum amylase levels are elevated and free digested fats may bind with serum calcium, causing hypocalcemia. ERCP is the third most common cause of acute pancreatitis, following alcohol ingestion and gallstones. Acute pancreatitis symptoms include nausea and vomiting, severe epigastric pain, weakness, low fever, shock, and tetany, due to hypocalcemia. Physical exam findings include abdominal tenderness, diminished bowel sounds, and jaundice, but this is rare. Treatment includes pain control and acute management with IV fluids, bowel rest, nasogastric decompression, antibiotics, and oxygen. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choices two through four. Serum levels of glucose, amylase, and lipase 
would be expected to be increased in acute pancreatitis. Choice 5. Hypertriglyceridemia can cause acute pancreatitis. That's all for this review about acute pancreatitis. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.